The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. Oh, are we starting right now? Is that what's happening? Okay, because I haven't been on the show in a while, so <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, what's happening? You, this... you jumped right in where I come in with the big intro. Okay, so you want to do another take, or we'll just do it? I mean, I can't now because... We'll do it live? F it, we'll do it live. I mean, now I just have to say, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Break the Business. It's not the same without the music. Oh, wait, this is... Okay, so this is the show. Oh, for God's sake, man! You're out of... Pr- I'm Ryan Carella. This is Dave. Oh, hey, everybody. He's been gone for two weeks, but we're very happy to have him back. <laughs> it's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. It does feel a little weird. This now, I feel like we are off off kilter. We're on the back foot. Are we going to do this? Are we do, Are we doing this merry-go-round? Because... The ball, it's it, it's it's still not it's still eleven minutes something on the clock after tip off, and already we're down ten nothing. We gotta take a timeout. <laughs> yeah, basically. Spo's calling a timeout no, here. Look, I'm not gonna let you do that. You do this like you have a busy schedule, so you, you know you might miss a week or two of shows, and then you come back and you expect us to have this big giant fanfare where it's like, oh, Dave's back. Dave gets to be the hero. Meanwhile, I gotta be here every damn week holding down the fort, and you know I do my best to run this show myself. I put a lot of work into it because it's a lot more work when it's just me. And what do I get on Twitter while you're gone? Where's Dave? When's Dave coming hey. back, Ryan? Hey. Like this is crap. I didn't force you to live in your in the studio you live with the studio i do the studio goes right so you know and by the way yeah you're gonna be out of town for these next two weekends that's right okay now we won't say where necessarily because we don't want the listeners showing up and uh knocking on your uh, hotel door and like prank calling you or anything like that but uh you're taking a quote-unquote legal retreat yeah with uh with your coworkers, yeah, um, and you're going to the happiest place on earth. Didn't didn't we say we weren't going to reveal too much information? Well, they don't know what that is. I feel like you can Google that. The happiest place on earth. Yeah, and something will pop up, and it's not going to be Des Moines. Ouch! Oh, there goes our <laughs> listeners from Des Moines. There goes our Des Moines audience. Yeah, there go our Des Moineyacks. What? Rebecca Des Moines fans. I put I put I'm just so bitter. I put so much research into this show. I, I work so hard. I, I I run this show for two weeks, and then while I'm gone, all I hear from the listeners is, where's Dave with his jokes? We want the Dave jokes. It's not the same. Like, we appreciate your information, Ryan, but where's Dave to make us all laugh and do the metal voice? Hey, welcome to Break the Business Podcast. Declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. I'm your co-host, Dave. That's Ryan. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan K A R. K-A-I-R. You can follow me on Twitter at MetalDave85. Contact the show. Email us. Breakthebusiness at gmail.com. Email us if you dare. Let's see. Also, like us on Facebook. Throw us a five-star rating. Review on iTunes. Get the podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud. Stitcher. Google Play. Now, Stitcher Premium. Don't know why yet. Everything else is being put behind Stitcher Premium except our show. Literally every single podcast is becoming... There's a Stitcher Premium? Yes. When did that happen? Oh, every single every single show it seems to be going behind a paywall pretty soon. But not us. 
No, not us. We're, we're still holding tight, hoping that this free podcast model is eventually going to bear fruit. Yeah, no advertisers. All right. The only advertiser is this guy. Yep. Who doesn't even pay me. That's right. <laughs> well, 96 episodes in, uh, our ship's about to bound to come in any day now. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, stick around for a great guest. We got Emma Stevens. Yes, is she related do. to Cat Stevens? Tune in and find out. Oh, wait, no, wait, Cat Stevens doesn't even exist anymore. He exists. He says a different name now. Yeah, he's, was it? He Yusuf? didn't die. He, no, Yusuf Islam. Yusuf Islam. All right, yeah. I want to be mad at you, but you make me laugh. You son of a bitch. Oh, I wish I could quit you. Uh, <sighs> well, you can't. No, Emma Stevens is great. Uh, we're going to talk to her in the next segment about her fantastic crowdfunding campaign for her new album. She's really knowledgeable about this stuff, and she's just a delight, and she's a ukulele player, so we got lots to be excited oh, about. Oh, that's why. What? You you just wanted another uke head on. I did. You just wanted another uke not. Wow, you did know what the term is for us. Yeah, a, a marauding horde of uh, German soldiers. <laughs> I thought they were with, French. Uh, they were German? Oh, that's right. They are French. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, your Huguenot references. All right, yeah. You just want a bunch of Huguenots uh, <laughs> going up a bunch of, like, frickin' uh, Chessons. I don't know. It's cello, Hessian. I don't know. Okay, it didn't work. Didn't this work. is what you people wanted. This is what you clamored for on Twitter. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's your fault that's for true. having for doing the shows at weird times and not even telling me about it. No. Like, I, not even telling me when Verity White's going to be on to talk Doctor Who. You talked about Doctor Who with the guests, and you haven't seen Doctor Who in two years. Yeah. I didn't even listen because I was at a protest. Oh, man. I had so many people on this show that you would be so mad that I had on without you. I had Mary Amber on a couple weeks ago. Well, I was going to say, if you ever had James Hetfield on, I would slit your throat. <laughs> That'd be so it would be murder, and it would be by me. It, if I had James Hetfield as a guest, like I would totally do things to make you mad. Like I'd be like, James, I'm your biggest fan. No, you're not. There's, there's nobody on this... For, I mean... Let, not, not even on this show, but let alone in this world, who's a bigger fan than I. You're wearing a Chris Mr. Robley Hedfield. shirt. I do. I, I, I am wearing a Chris Robley shirt. I rep uh, former guests on our show. What does he do again? CD Baby? No. Yeah, he, he's, a, yes. he's a fantastic musician, and he works at CD Baby. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Chris, he, he's rocking your merch and everything. I do. I feel like, how about, how about we get some CD Baby ads on this show? <laughs> now, under, my, under our ethical... No, I, I did not just solicit... Well, no, I haven't solicited legal business. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm just making <laughs> sure no one, like, you know, calls the floor bar oh. me. You know what's nice about having you here after two weeks of you not being here is I know you don't listen to the shows that you're not on because... God, you Because no. you're not... Your voice isn't on it. Who would? <laughs> Who in their right mind would? But... The benefit to me is that it allows me to talk about topics with you from previous weeks to follow up on them because I know your your mind is completely fresh on them. I get to get your unique perspective because I know you haven't heard any of this yet. Stick around. Coming up next, Emma Stevens on the break, the business no, podcast. No, no, no. Wait, you're not throwing it? No, no I'm not throwing it. We're not th okay. I, I want to talk about uh, something that was a uh, big news last week. And as a music guy, and as a lawyer, and as a yep. friend of the indie artist the that mooch you are... The is out. No, we're not talking about Mooch. Oh. God, how quick was that, though? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, shortest tenure of uh, chief of staff in American history. That's all we're doing for Ooh. politics. All right. So, uh, the uh, there's a big piece of news going on right now in the entertainment law field, which means... 
Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Thank you, Mr. Asante. So in previous episodes of this show, Dave, we've talked about one of the biggest problems for people trying to license music, which is the fact that there isn't a database that you can go to to right. find who owns songs, who, you know, who represents those owners, and how much percentage ownership those songs are. I mean, technically there is a way. Well, look at the back of the CD booklet. Well, <laughs> and you think you're so damn clever. Where on the back of the CD booklet is going to say... Who owns what percentage of the sound recording or well, but the you know, musical composition? Actually, so here's the thing. So here, I'm just gonna I'm blow I'm gonna blow this whole thing up, right? Yeah. Because I'm gonna do apparently something you never thought of. Look at the back. You see who uh, distributed the damn thing? Who uh, the people were? You see any of the credits, the lawyers, businessmen, all that? You make a call. Make a call or an email, Ryan. You do your due diligence, Ryan. What do we do in law? Due diligence. You call people. You figure it out. You ask questions. Well, sometimes it's not even that easy. Um, and oh, I see. all it's sorts of licensing resources. Well, that's true, too. But uh, license, so like, that's easy, too. You there are the lots over. of organizations out there that need to license music, such as Spotify, bars, performance venues, <laughs> radio stations. And there are a lot of organizations that are running into trouble right now because they want to license music and they can't find the person, all the people who own the copyright in question. This hap- this is happening with Spotify right now where they're getting hit with lawsuits because they need to pay mechanical royalties on all the music they use and a significant percentage of those recordings are not represented by the Harry Fox agency, which means they don't know who to pay the license to and they're getting sued left and right. So all these different big stakeholders are saying, wouldn't it be great if there was just one database that you could go on, search, and find information on every song that's ever been made, every recording, know who owns it, know the percentages, so that you can license things easily, streamline the whole thing. And that's what we're running into right now. For years, Dave, the private sector has tried to create such a database, the global rights database, using blockchain to even facilitate payments. It hasn't worked. Why do I feel like I'm being sold something? Well, that's. I'm not even gonna try to sell something to you. I feel like I'm in a 90 minute presentation with my spouse. <laughs> Continue. So the point is, this is why we need the reverse mortgage, Dave. Right. <laughs> no, but the the public sector has failed, and I'm sorry, the private sector has failed to create this database. And one of the reasons why is the private sector can't really force you to put your music in this database. And something like this only works if everything is in it. Uh-huh. So. What's happened in the most recent congressional cycle is Congress is trying to come up with a solution. Representative James Sensenbrenner, who has probably one of the most delightful rhyming names in all of Congress. Where is he a representative of? I want to say Michigan or perhaps Wisconsin. I think he's a Wisconsinite. And is he um, another one of your CPAC friends? Uh, very Republican, very conservative. Okay, yes, yes. that's what I thought. This, this is news straight from CPAC, as always. <laughs> so what his law is proposing, it's called the Transparency in Music Licensing Act, uh-huh. and it would require the Copyright Office to create this database uh-huh. and put all the songs in there so that all the people who want to license music, the bars, the music venues, the radio stations, the Spotify's, can get the information they need on all the songs that are out there. On the surface, this has a lot of positives. We talked about on the show last week, Dave, that 
you know, the government actually might have the resources to kind of bring everybody together and actually create this database where the private sector has failed. Here's the problem. Uh And here's the debate that's currently raging right now is the way that the government is going to make this database complete is by telling artists, if you don't have your work in the database and somebody uses your work without a license, you can't get statutory damages if, if you sue them. If that sounds familiar to you, it's the same rule if you don't register your copyright in the first place. Mm-hmm. So a lot of artists are upset by this because it's like, well, wait, I have to register in this database just to be able to advocate for my rights. Like my, my property rights should be my property rights. Yeah. Regardless of whether I you know, register with the government. It's a sonic adverse possession. What? Yes. I just came up with it right now. I mean, aside from the fact that that kind of sounds like an amazing name for a metal album, what the hell are you talking about? Well, right? You've got your music property over here and like, do, 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 but you don't really go and check on it. Right. Right? Someone squats in and starts like doing stuff with it, right? And like, you know, like, was it seven years later? You're like, uh, hey, what the hell is this? And the guy's like, ha screw you, man. I've been doing this openly and notoriously for seven years. It's bad. That's very funny, but if you're like, who's going to get that joke if you're not a lawyer? I don't know. It's a lawyer joke, man. It's very, it's actually. Do you guys not know what adverse possession is? (laughs) All right. Now I lost my train of thought. Damn it. This is what happens when you're here. Hey, did you lose some stuff off the wall, some framed like degrees? No. Why? You sure? I'm pretty sure. Focus. What are we doing? Looks like there's you lost some stuff. Like maybe you lost some certifications. No. You sure? I'm sure. What are we doing? Have you been disbarred? Folk. No. <laughs> I would. I think I would know that. Well, I don't know. How incompetent you are in California, maybe. No, California doing just fine. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> this is this is what you people want instead of. A show where I just kind of tell you all the facts. No, it's much more enjoyable for Ryan to try to give information, and then Dave throws him off with jokes, and then he forgets what he's talking about in the first place. Break the business. I feel like you've lost some certifications. <laughs> I miss you, buddy. It's good to see it. <laughs> but so that's, that's kind of the issue that we're confronted with. And all of this is being compounded by the fact that there was a recent report in NPR that— Uh-oh, fake news. <laughs> That in which uh, basically a representative of Sensenbrenner's office was asked, well, how do we how are we going to pay for this database? Because a database like this is going to be very expensive. Uh, Thousands of songs get written every day and they're going to have to be added to this database. And so this isn't going to be something that's very easy to maintain. And historically, the copyright office Uh sucks at maintaining databases. So really? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. if you ever try to, like, just look up copyright registrations, it's a freaking nightmare. You can't, like, nothing is easy to find. And their fair use database is terrible, too. So this, but this is going to cost a whole lot more money than either of those databases. So they were, you know. The, How did they get the Library of Congress to run it? They're pretty good at uh, cataloging. Are you saying that seriously? That yeah, it's it, a library. That is who runs the <laughs> copyright. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Now, there you go. Well, that's weird. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> so, but what we're... Damn it, you keep doing this to me. I've lost my train of thought. Okay, so they asked him how they're going to pay for it, and what this representative said is that the most likely scenario is that artists are going to pay to put their 
to add their works to the database. They have to pay a filing fee. And to me, I find that problematic because the way I see it, the folks who are going to actually benefit the most from this law are the licensees of music. It's the Spotify's, it's the restaurants, it's the bars, etc. Like they're the ones who are clamoring for this. They're the ones who are lining the Republican congressman's pockets to create something like this. Uh-huh. You know, and this law is very is going to be very favorable to those parties and less favorable to artists because it, it imposes these penalties on these artists if they don't register. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that those the, the funds that Universal and Sony and Spotify get will trickle down to the artists. Oh, no, it ha- hasn't hasn't it hasn't that been proven to always be true? I know, right? <laughs> so the way I see it, this database should probably be funded by those parties. Like there should be, you know, excise taxes or something so that the people who actually benefit from this database who are clamoring for this database because it's not the artists who really want this. I mean, I see the importance of this database. We need this, but really it's those companies that are asking for it. They should pay for it. And if there's money being spent, I think that there needs to be appropriation set aside for publicity programs. There need like kind of like with Obamacare, Uh they had all those commercials and advertisements telling people to sign up and, you know, get your insurance plan. We would, I think the only way that this can be done fairly, assuming this law passes, is there needs to be a similar kind of ad campaign to artists to let them know to put their works in this database and to let them know if they don't, they're going to lose their rights. So to be clear, you're hoping that uh, the government, this government, puts aside money for a publicity ad campaign campaign. To mm-hmm. tell musicians and singers, especially indie artists, yeah, to register copyrights, yeah, and you have and you think this is a snowball's chance in hell. Well, it, it is if people mobilize. Like you, this has to be made fair because right now this law, as with you know most copyright registration laws, they unfairly burden the artists who don't have access to lawyers and who don't have the financial means to put themselves in these databases. You know, who either they don't have the knowledge or the resources to know how to use this database. I think you're barking up the wrong tree. I feel like you got, maybe, you know, ask Trudeau. True. <laughs> that guy seems cool. Yeah. I wish he was in charge of this stuff. But by the way, you yeah. want to know uh, Sensenbrenner's uh, favorite uh, headphones, right? What? Sennheiser. Oh, I was I was gonna do the uh, uh, but um, but we don't we don't have it. You took it off. Yeah. Oh wait, nope. Sorry. There you go. Oh my god, you stink. (laughs) I'm a little out of practice with having a second person in this room too. A lot of practice. I have no reason to use the rim shot when it's just me here. I'm not funny. Too weak. Oh, that's true. (laughs) But. I think this is something we can mobilize artists. We've done this before on this show where we've talked about laws that are pending. We educate the listeners about what they should do and we tell them what to fight for. And I think this is another one of those examples. If this is something that is going to happen and the political climate suggests that it may very well might, there need to be protections in place for the indie artists, the ones who don't have access to lawyers in the same way who don't have the same access to resources and and don't have the knowledge about these databases. There needs to be money spent to let artists know about this database. And maybe there even needs to be like aid programs to help artists get their works registered. Cause I bet it's going to be complicated if you don't have a lawyer. That's right. Probably will be. Oh, whoops. 
<laughs> and my I'm, do not disturb's on. Yeah. The do not disturb is on. Look at that. The moon is lit. I can't argue. The moon is lit. What's the point of the do not disturb if it's going to keep on doing that? You know how many times I've had that on and I've been disturbed? I don't know what the do not disturb does, what the protocol is. It's wildly frustrating. Yeah. I don't get it. Anyway, folks, uh, get vocal and out there and everything. Uh, Emma Stevens coming up next on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. She is a UK-based singer-songwriter whose new album, To My Roots, was called Intensely Magnetic and Deeply Profound by Liverpool Sound and Vision. You can check out that album and the rest of her work by visiting www.emmastevensmusic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Emma Stevens is on the Break the Business podcast. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. Emma, you're a pulp, a, a pulp fuck. How about a, how about a pop folk artist? Uh, your music is delightful. I'm going to keep that in there. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> your, your music's great. And as if there wasn't enough for me to like about you, you are a fellow ukulele player. You are truly after my own heart. So <laughs> let me ask you the question that I ask all the uke players that come on this show. One uke player to another. How many ukes do you have in your collection, and what's the most interesting uke you have? Oh, that's a good question. So I have, I gave my first ukulele away to my sister, who still hasn't picked it up yet, and that was a few years ago. So I should really claim that back and keep that as part of my collection, I think. So I would say... We'll I've call got, that one, yeah. Yeah, let's call that one. <laughs> um, two, three, four. I've got... Five, I've got five ukuleles in my collection that I play. And I think my most interesting one out of all of them is my Luna baritone ukulele. Um, it was, I, I wasn't really sure what the baritone ukulele was, would sound like. And if it's, what's the point of having a low sounding high instrument? But actually, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's, it's kind of the same positioning um, when you go to play it as you would a guitar, but it's just the top four strings. Right. Similar to uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's the sound. It's, it's a lunar zebra. I think it's called zebra wood. Um, and it's just, I love it. It's great. So that's my favorite and most interesting, I think. Yeah. Uh, so like you, you sound like you are a ukulele addict. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ju I am. Just, just like <laughs> I am. And, and something about taking up that instrument, when you get one, it just you feel the need to have more in your life. And But yeah. you actually have a baritone, which I don't have. So you got me beat there. <sighs> Um, well, yeah. if I come out to America, which I'm sure I will do, I will certainly look you up and you can have a play of my baritone ukulele. <laughs> I, I would enjoy that okay. immensely. Uh, and, yeah. and I did enjoy getting to hear all the string instruments you played on To My Roots. You had guitars, you had oh, mandolins. Yeah. The whole, yeah. It was such a delightful piece of work. We've been streaming it here in the studio all day. And oh. frankly, you can't listen to it without smiling. 
oh, <laughs> it makes you smile. Thank you so much. And and that means a lot. yeah, oh, oh, very thank you. And I'm not a music critic, you know, I'm not a musicologist or anything. So I might be getting a lot of I, I might be mischaracterizing your record, but <laughs> when I listen to it, there were a lot of really fun, happy, positive songs on there. Now. Is that the kind of mood that's in keeping with how you like to write songs generally, or was there something going on in your life when you were making this album that inspired you to write so many particularly uplifting tracks? You know, my my kind of um, way of writing is always, I, I like to write positive songs and um, to share a kind of positive, happy message with people through my music. And I mean, To My Roots was uh, an interesting an interesting one for me because I'd actually just moved right out into the sticks um, and I'd had a few months living in this place, which is in the middle of a wood, basically. And that's kind of when I really got my inspiration for the title and for the, I like to kind of create the imagery in my head for the album, not just thinking about the music and the, and the, the lyrics, but actually kind of create a sort of theme in my mind of what it would look like if the if the music was a painting, you know, for example. So um, it kind of, it was that, but it was also just that I also love to write positive songs. And I had a moment in my life, which was very hard to deal with five years ago when I lost my mum to cancer. And that was the point for me, the pivotal point where I thought, I've been through this hardship and people go through hardship all the time in their lives. And I want to make sure that I can uplift people with my music and I'm so thrilled that you found that when you were listening to to the album that's why it means a lot to me because I want to kind of give people that that sunshine and that happiness through what I do so I'm thrilled that you picked up on that (laughs) well gosh um this is going to be such a downer for this interview. So I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, no. no, no, right now. Like I, I, I want to prepare both you and the listeners because I didn't know this about you, but I mean, I actually lost my mom to cancer earlier this year. And so sorry. well, thank you. And the reason why I bring it up is because when that happened to me, I couldn't possibly imagine you know, creating something happy. Like, I, I mean, I felt, yeah. I felt awful. And the, the artistic courage it show, you know, showing that you have, that you were able to take that experience and decide that you wanted to create something positive for others out of that darkness is amazing to me. Oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, <clears throat> it was the first song I wrote. I remember it's sun, it was called Sunflower and it was off my first album and um, that that was like me. That was the very cathartic song for me because I kind of got all my feelings of sadness and loss out in that song. Um, and so I do, I do still have those songs which are for me healing and they help me get out my emotions and stuff. But you know that that's that's one part of my writing, and the other part and the majority of it is I've got to write some happy songs to cheer people up. Oh. <laughs> so so yeah. Bless you. Well, I mean, you it, your album certainly does that. Again, it, oh. it 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 makes us all smile. And I I would imagine she must be just deliriously proud of you in, oh, in all the great stuff you. you've done. Thank you so much. She designed the artwork for my first album. So from diagnosis to when she passed, she actually had that time where she she designed and painted the artwork for my first album, which I'm I'm really kind of Oh, it's just so wonderful to have that on the road with me and to be able to share stories at gigs about 
you know, yeah, I've, I've experienced this horrible loss, but check out my mum's artwork, you know, it's great. And look, let's all just talk about our feelings and talk about our emotions because it's easy to bottle it up. And I definitely wear my heart on my sleeve at my gigs. Um, and, it, and it's great because it, it, it's healing for me, you know, to be able to do that and talk to people and people come up and tell me stories that, about, you know, situations that they've been through that's been hard. So it's lovely music, isn't it? It brings people together in such wonderful ways. Wow, that's that, that's <laughs> so inspiring. Now, look, I got to be real with you. I mean, here's the problem I have. Um, you know, now now we've reached a, an emotional place. Like, you know, both of us are just going to have a good cry. Yeah, we're going to. And I'm supposed to, and, and I have it here on my list to ask you like five questions about your crowdfunding campaign. How the heck am yeah, I going to do yeah. that? I, I always go for the philosophical. Let's talk deep, and that that's cool. I'd like to talk about crowdfunding because, you know. It's an amazing thing as an independent artist to have this, just this platform that's, that's out there to, well, to go and, you know, make a record with people's help. It's great. It, it truly is. And um, let me give the folks a little bit of background here. So To My Roots was the product of a marvelously executed crowdfunding campaign by Emma she raised over 150% of her goal on Pledge Music. So, I mean, congrats to you and your fans, of course. Um, I, I love asking this question to folks who have had on the show have had successful crowdfunding campaigns. What made you go with Pledge Music um, as opposed to some of the other program uh, platforms out there? Yeah, I'd used Pledge Music before um, on my second album, and it it worked. It just worked really well. I liked the I liked the website, I liked the layout, I liked um, the, the communication factor with the people that worked for Pledge. And, um, you know, I didn't, I think I had people on my team kind of encouraged me that they'd used Pledge before and it was really good. So, um, I, you know, and it worked the first time for me. I managed to raise similar percentage on my second album. So it was a no-brainer for me to go with what worked again for the third yeah. And, and you, you got to that goal pretty quick. I think I saw somewhere, yeah. didn't you, didn't you get to like the first 50% of your goal within a few hours? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I still can't quite believe it. Actually, the support I had on this um, album was just incredible. And I really wanted to think outside the box of different, you know, I had different ideas of what people could um, pledge for. And, um, and it, it was great. It was great to have that um, level of support from fans. And it'd been about two, two and a bit years since I'd bought out a record. And I was terrified that everyone would have forgotten about me and no one would care that I've got a new album out. And, um, and so I was sort of a little bit uh, apprehensive about um, using Pledge again, thinking, oh, are they going to know? Are they going to care? And, and sure enough, they did. And it was it was great. It was wonderful. They came out in full force. And I can't help but think that what helped you a little bit are those rewards that you talked about. Um, yeah. And I really like how you structured it because you had a lot of the standard reward items in there. Mm -hmm. Digital download of the album, signed CD, etc. But you had a lot of really cool original ones too. <laughs> uh, personalized tea towels, a signed set list from one of your shows. Uh, even getting to spend the day shopping with you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good day. This lovely uh, young girl came out and we, we, we got some lunch together and we went out shopping and I found some clothes that I thought suited her. And, you know, it was, I kind of felt like a, um, 
a second big sister for the day. It was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, I did have a crazy one on there as well, which I was secretly praying no one would pledge for, but they did. And um, in England, we have this uh, thing called Go Ape, and it's a treetop adventure. So if you can imagine being harnessed in and climbing up a ladder 80 foot up a tree, and then having an adventure playground up there and if you don't like heights, which I don't really like heights, but it was, you know, I thought, let's do this. I can do this. Um, and you're kind of walking across a, a, a rope 80 foot up in the air with nothing but your arms to balance. And it, it's crazy things like that, you know, zip, zip um, lining off a 80 foot platform. And well, yeah, it was I, quite intimidating. I, I saw that. I saw that reward on there. You're saying you, you are afraid of the very thing that you made yeah. a reward. Yeah. Hey, look, that's life. You just got to do the things you're scared of sometimes, I think. And I, um, I, I actually loved it. I had a really nice group of people and, um, some of them were kind of scared of heights as well. And we kind of, cause the album's called to my roots. I thought, Hmm, trees, treetops, oh, oh, <laughs> adventure treetops, you know, that that's kind of the link. Um, and it was so amazing at the end. We just all felt so, uh, like we'd really achieved something together and it was, it was a lovely thing to do. Um, and again, I was lucky that I had such, such a great group of people to do it with. And my guitarist from my band came along and he's great fun as well. And really kind of supportive because he could have, he could have run around that whole thing in half an hour, but we, we took four hours. <laughs> so Probably because you were it. shaking the whole time. And... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a little while to do the occasional you know, we got to step out onto this tiny little platform and walk across, you know, what felt like a mile long to the next tree, but it was only <laughs> 20 feet, you know. So, no, it was good fun. It was really good fun. Well, uh, you know, I would say my favorite reward that you had on there, and as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, every artist has to do this. <laughs> For a $50 pledge, in addition to getting, like, the CD and the download and everything, you would take random photos on a disposable camera from whatever's going on in your life and send those to the backer. That's such yeah. a cool idea because every person gets a unique experience that no other fan receives. And it's not yeah. a lot of extra work for you because you're just taking pictures and sending out a camera. And, and the thing is, you know, nowadays we can kind of look at the picture before we send it with this disposable camera you can't. So I could have been pulling a horrible pose <laughs> and that receiver is just going to get it. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it was really good fun. And I actually took that camera around quite a lot of different places like the studio. And, um, I think I might've taken it to the treetop, treetop adventure as well. And just lots of different quirky places. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't, I posted it, but I haven't heard from the person yet <laughs> as to whether they received it and, um, have the, has developed the film yet so maybe they just haven't <laughs> developed it yet but i'm dreading to think of you know maybe they're what, maybe know, they're having a time <laughs> trying to find somebody to develop a, a disposable yeah. camera that's true these days it's kind of few <laughs> and far isn't it <laughs> that's a cool idea great because it's i mean the, these aren't going to be polished pictures they're not you know these are candid shots you yeah. know every person's getting something different I, I admire the fact that it sounds like you didn't just take you know, 36 photos, you know, standing in front of a white wall in one place, okay. you, you spread it around. Oh yeah. I went, I took it on my video shoot. I took it all over the place. Just thought, well, how can I give this person a real insight to kind of a week in the life of me? And, um, and yeah, hope, I hope that they like it. No, <laughs> I still it, haven't heard from them, but 
it, it's such a good idea, nonetheless. Aww, uh, thank you. So your Pledge Music campaign, it had a lot of physical rewards as well. T-shirts, coffee mugs, mm-hmm. tote bags, neck necklaces. And when I saw all that stuff, I mean, even I started to sweat a little because <laughs> usually, because I've seen artists who offer a lot of physical rewards and it can be a huge logistical challenge for artists yeah. running their campaigns. You got to design the stuff, you got to ship it out. How are you able to manage all of that logistics? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie, especially the handwritten lyrics. Um, <laughs> at the end of like writing the, writing the 30th one, um, I was feeling like, am I going to be able to gig ever again? My arms and my, cause I, you know, hand, writing, I just don't do it anymore. I'm typing, you know? And, and so the handwritten lyric thing was uh, a huge undertaking, but kind of great. Cause I get to practice my handwriting at the same time. <laughs> um, and the, in terms of the design, um, I kind of had my logo that I'd already worked with a designer on. So I knew that that was the thing that I wanted to be on most of the, um, the pledge physical items like t-shirts the mugs um and i have a, a really dear friend of mine and this is where i get i'm very fortunate as an artist to have a friend who is passionate about my music who has been a, an incredible help um throughout the last few years um and he is a whiz at anything um when it comes to computers his background is it so he's helped he really has helped me des- when it comes to designing these products and where placement and where we need to put it on the t-shirt and that kind of thing um and other than that it was just getting all the things shipped to me packaging it up and writing the addresses on and sending it out to people and it took it does take time but if you can manage the time and make sure, you know, sometimes you don't even need to do it all in one go. You can separate it out across a few days so that, you know, you manage your time well. And it, it, it's fine. It, it, it takes a while, but it's totally worth it um, in the long run. So, Was there any aspect of the experience of sending out physical rewards that now looking back, if you could do things differently, you would have done something differently? Yeah. Interesting you asked that because... This was my. This is what happened for the because this was my second pledge. When I did my first pledge, um, I actually hand wrote all of the addresses myself, and I didn't think to get a label um, uh, label paper and actually print the addresses, which saved so much time for me on my second pledge because <laughs> rather than writing all the addresses out, I could just put the label on, and that was that. Um, I, in terms of the, um, I think the products that I chose this time round were good. I, I've definitely made sure that I got the mugs sent to me in um, good little um, boxes, individual boxes. Even though I took them out to sign them, um, I knew that they would be safer because, again, learned the lesson from the first time I did it when I didn't get the boxes and had to try and figure out a way of wrapping the mugs so they wouldn't break. So it was great to do this pledge because I really had felt like I'd learned quite a lot from you know, the first one. Oh, cool. And now I want all of us to enjoy the fruits of this <laughs> successful crowdfunding campaign. Emma has uh, graciously allowed us to play one of the tracks off of To My Roots. This is Sing Out here on the Break the Business podcast. Shake. 
of her new album to my roots that was sing out by emma stevens here on the break the business podcast emma that was awesome oh thank you so much thank you um that's a um i think i might have sent you yeah that was the radio edit that we just listened to which was mixed by this amazing guy over here called ash house um and and he's an absolute gem so i i've got wonderful people that have um come together and um been able to help me create that song and i'm entirely grateful to them all that's how you know emma is awesome because she's the kind of artist that knows that you gotta send props to the production team oh definitely definitely well you know they just they they make it come alive (laughs) so Uh, yeah otherwise it's just all in my head so uh i imagine a lot of people listen to that song and they want to get to know you better if they don't know you already where can people find you on social media 
Yeah, so um, I have my own website, but I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And my my um, if you just type in Emma Stevens or E Stevens Music, then you'll come across me. And we can be friends. Yay. <laughs> Yay, indeed. And that website again is emmastevensmusic.com. Emma, before we let you go, this has been a pleasure. But do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Oh, yes. Um, well, something that I found has been really helpful throughout my career is um, it's probably quite generic advice, really, but it's just network as much as you practice network as much as you songwrite because networking and meeting people is such a huge hugely important um part of this industry and and also just be kind you know and not everyone's going to love your music and i've got critics out there who i'm sure hate my music but what always <laughs> what? I, I mean you know who are they i guess <laughs> i will i, I will talk to them <laughs> Isn't it better to be loved and hated than for people to be apathetic about your music, though, I think? So true. But I, that's what I tell myself to make myself feel better anyway. But, <laughs> you know, be, be kind to people and, and that you network with. That's a kind of a no-brainer, really. Um, and, oh, what else? Oh, I always love to try and, you know, share as much as I can. Um, yeah, again, I would just say network. And, um, the, the whole, I, I got told, um, this advice once about writing hundreds and hundreds of songs. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I've, I haven't written hundreds and hundreds of songs this year. Does that make me a bad songwriter? And I think, um, just to clarify that if, if you're not the sort of person that wants to go out there and write hundreds and hundreds of songs and like sift them down and find your 12 for your album, don't worry because I don't do it that way. I focus on one song how can I make this the best it can be? And if that takes me three months out of my year for writing, it takes me three months. I think it's worth the quality of um, sitting down and really crafting song than, you know, trying to write hundreds and finding the best out of those hundreds. That, that, that's just the way I work. Just in case anyone out there is kind of freaking out that, well, I, I can't write a hundred songs in a year. You know, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well done. The new album is To My Roots. Emma Stevens, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry, available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to the delightful Emma Stevens for joining us in the previous segment. Be sure to check out her new album, To My Roots, available now. I've been listening to the whole thing. It puts a smile on your face the whole time. You're really going to love it. And I really like that we've, we finally got a definitive answer. She was not related to Cat Stevens. That's a definitive no on the Cat Stevens. I'm, I'm, I'm betting and hoping that you asked that question. I haven't heard the interview because it took place at a later time, earlier time. So I'm, I'm hoping my co-star sensed the question ahead of time. Are you peeling us back behind the curtain? Yeah, they know. People that. are going to think, no, I I'm sure people think that we record this, then you like step out of the room for a smoke break and then come back for the third segment. 
We do something. The whole separately. operations now just you know just you've unmasked everything. This is not even an episode that's happening right now. I recorded my part like two years ago. You're recording this now, and it just all perfectly fits. Yes, I think it's almost like it's, this is like becoming the Andy Circus of podcasts. We can sort of mocap and just do things that aren't there. We don't even exist. <laughs> so. I want to bring this up to you because I know you got your pop culture stuff to talk about, but I saw one thing that I kind of liked and it's music related. And I actually don't know if you were into this show. I don't, what? I don't know. Cause it, I mean, it, it was around when we were coming of age and I don't know if you checked it out. It wasn't always your style of music, but sometimes they had it in there. MTV has announced that in October of this year, they're going to be bringing back its legendary music video countdown show. Total request live. Yes, I watched TRL, you idiot. What do you mean, idiot? It's still TRL. Well, I know, but you're like super metal guy. I think it would have been completely reasonable for me to think that a show that was all Britney Spears, NSYNC, and Backstreet Boys with an occasional Hanson thrown in there wouldn't have been your cup of tea. My metal levels were diff- were a little bit different like 20 years ago. Is that right? Yeah. You, know, you, you, I, I you mean, sort of came into your metal? I, like, I mean, trust me, I wish they would have played more rock, uh, rock stuff because I remember... That was when you got lucky if, I think, either... The only thing on rotation in TRL that was sort of rock was either Corn, Yeah. Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Smash Mouth for a time. Yeah. Yeah, Hey Now You're an All-Star it was on there for uh, quite a bit. I mean, we're really reaching if that's what we're calling rock, but sure. Well, out of everything else, that's yeah. That's true. Uh, Blink-182. Yeah, they showed on up. there. Orgy. No, Orgy was never on TRL. Orgy was too, yeah. When what, they Blue did Monday? The, yeah, Blue Monday, for Blue sure. Blue I don't think so. <laughs> Am I going to have to look this up now? But no, I mean, yeah, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney, Christina, 98 Degrees, I think, every once in a while, Eminem. Yeah. Usually it was just Eminem. Or maybe Snoop got on there. But no, it wasn't. I mean, the top 10. But no, I remember watching. Yeah, Tiro, 4 o'clock. No kidding. After school. Okay, all right. I, I misjudge uh, high-pitched voices. Yeah, I watched MTV <laughs> back when they played music. So, I mean, now I'm kind of curious about your musical transition. Well, who's hosting? Oh, we, well, we don't. I think it's going to be a rotating group of hosts. Oh. So, oh wait, but who has music videos anymore? Well, yes, that's true. Um, Metallica does. No, I want to know about your musical transition, though. Like, I always thought you were like metal your whole life. I mean, what, what was... When, day... I made, when I made my transition? That's right. When I transitioned? Your transition. <laughs> <laughs> when you, before you came out as a, as a metal fan, um, yeah. like what, 20 years ago, what are you listening to? Oh, Metallica, actually. Oh, so, I mean... I mean so, so, okay, so you've been metal for a while. Remember, back 20 years ago, it's 1997. Yeah. Okay. You know, you have to listen to the radio. Yeah. Or, like, your own music. But you can't buy your own music yet. Because for us, anyway, we're 12. Right, have, we have no cash or credit cards or anything, sure. Yes. You have to be driven places and be bought things. So it means maybe your parents have to... You know, buy you stuff. So I wasn't like that big. I wasn't. I didn't have a huge CD or. Well, yeah, no, did I have a CD player at that point yet? I remember, no doubt, Tragic Kingdom was my first CD. I think it was everybody in our age groups. Yes. first CD. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Spiderwebs. That's good stuff. A jam. Anyway, um, no, yeah. I mean, I like the rock stuff. Yeah. I like the the ska okay. stuff. And so I I got some TRL fun facts for you. Yeah. So how long did you think TRL ran for? Because this blew my uh, mind. Probably seven years. Ten years. Okay. 2,247 episodes. I mean, 
Oh, so it could be in syndication. That's right. They made it. They, um, they can do the cake. The show debuted on September 14th, 1998. The first number one song, uh, one of your favorites, I'm sure, I'll Never Break Your Heart by the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, so we were 12. That's right. Um, it held the position for two days until Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC took away the top spot from them. Tearing up my heart when I'm with you. And when we are apart, cha-ching, we, we just have to pay the money. That's right. Any, any more and we have to use the uh, James Sensenbrenner database to get the license. <laughs> yeah. Unless we adverse possess it. <laughs> so here's the wacky thing, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, boy bands really dominated this show. Yeah. All right. It took six months of that show for a number one song to appear that was neither a Backstreet Boys nor an Sync song. Okay. So that means September. So we're talking about March of 99. Yeah. March 4th of 99. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So. Is it Destiny's Child? Well, I'm. But, no, it wasn't. But I'm going to see if you can guess, okay? I'm going to give you two clues. Okay. One, you've mentioned the band in the last five minutes, okay. as we've talked about this segment. And two, very different from Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Was it Limp Biscuit Nookie? Oh, a good guess. We were looking for Freak on a Leash, leash corn. by Corn. Ah. That was me doing Freak on a Leash. That was, Sorry. Wow. Yeah. So. Not Jonathan Davis over here. I think there's no way this show succeeds. I I think climate's different. It's like we have the internet now. Yeah. I mean, you can. Why would you sit and wait for your favorite video okay. to come on? Okay, 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 okay. I want this part to be done. Let's go to my segments. Really? Yes. Just do it. Fine. Live from the Brown Derby in Hollywood and Vine in sunny and beautiful Hollywood, California, it's Dave's Movie Minute. Come on in while we discuss motion pictures, stars, and all the goings on around town. All right. Sorry, folks, for Ryan droning on there. I had another six minutes of the decline of music videos on television, but no, no. Well, unfortunately, it's... Time for Funny Voice Guy instead. <laughs> Don't mock me, Ryan. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Speaking of which, Ryan, <laughs> Comic-Con wasn't too long ago. And Ryan, heroes. No, a different, sort of different heroes. Not like the real heroes out there. Our boys taking it to Tojo and Hitler. <laughs> no, heroes are the more mystical variety and sort of superhuman, if you will. Okay. Yes. Thor Ragnarok, Ryan, is about 91, 92 days away, and I'm not sure if you've seen the trailers. I have. I've seen the trailers. Ryan, these trailers are combined probably, what, five minutes total, the two trailers? There are two trailers for Thor Ragnarok? No, the first one came out, Ryan, and oh. it had the Led Zeppelin immigrant song playing. Now the other one was uh, had some more stuff with uh, Hulk talking and soot. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ryan, about five minutes total, and those five minutes are more entertaining and uh, happy and just, oh, Dodd gone just great stuff as as opposed to three hours or six hours worth of Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> yes, I just want to watch those five minutes over Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad any day of the week. And Justice League is apparently a big mess right now. They had to do a bunch of reshoots. Yeah, we feel sorry for Joss Whedon. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they had to come in for that one and Man, that's yes. I heard that they had to that Henry Cavill for the reshoots. The mustache. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, what was it? Who's is it? Universal. 
I think it was it was MGM, I think, or one of those. I th- no, I think you think Universal's making Mission Impossible movies, right? I yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Anyway, he's in the middle of MI6, huh? and they, he's a mustache for his for his character, which is a big spoiler alert, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and they and for the reshoots, they said like he's under contract. He's currently filming on Mission Impossible, and they said. No, but like your reshoots, like, well, you can go back for the reshoots, but you're not going to shave the mustache. <laughs> we need you to have it. Tough <laughs> luck. So he's filming as Superman, and and in the computer in post, they're going to remo- digitally remove the mustache. <laughs> now, what I think is great is the fact that there's probably someone out there who thought, Henry Cavill is in Justice League? They've spoiled the movie yeah, for that's, me. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was thinking when I heard those reports. I was like, "Wow, they so much are you know trying to make the whole like Superman reveal kind the of a special of Su- thing." Yes. Yeah, yeah, the whole death of Superman. I mean, come on, Did you, who among you really thought he was dead? Yeah, I know. By the way, the was it the death of Superman lives? What happened? A documentary on the Nicolas Cage Superman directed by Tim Burton, where everyone that, you know that that famous photo of Nick Cage looking, Superman. yeah, yeah, great, great documentary. Really? Yes, done by the associate of the uh, our former uh, former guest Robert Meyer Burnett, John Shep or Schnepp. He hosted like the Super Collider podcast and everything. All right, really, really great documentary. Ah, check it Highly out. Recommended. A- appointment viewing. Anyway, Thor Ragnarok coming soon. Thank yeah. God, not fast enough. All right, Ryan. Speaking of boys taking on Hitler, <laughs> Dunkirk. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yes, I did. Good. In IMAX. Great. Really? Tense, stressful. One of the best World War II movies uh, I've seen in a while. Not very intense. Kind of like Saving Private Ryan, except not as bloody. Didn't or not I, very bloody. Didn't I come out on a previous episode and say that I wasn't excited for this movie? I'm, is, am I going to eat my words for that? Yeah, you're a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems depressing, man. Like, just... Americans getting like shot at for three hours. Like, well, take heart, Ryan. The Americans aren't being shot at for three hours. Oh, the Brits. Yes. Uh, you know, you jingoistic bastard. <laughs> I. Oh, it doesn't count. There was no war till uh, we we showed up. Yeah, America. <laughs> I didn't even know when Dunkirk happened. I had public school U.S. history. All right, we never. You never make it to the 20th century. You get to like. 1887 and the year is over. Really? You don't know what 1940 is? Anyway, Ryan. Some crossover breaking news, Ryan. Yeah. Between Dave's Movie Minute and the other DMM, Dave's Metal Minute. Now it's time for Dave's Metal Minute on the Break the Business Podcast. Yeah! That's right. Crossover action. I agree. Some fun crossover action here on the red carpet in Hollywood, California. Hollywood. <laughs> What's With happening? The earthquakes open up the ground and the fires of hell sprout forward to bring down the sinners to their doom. I agree. That happens <laughs> a lot of times. And the big one's coming soon. All you visitors take care. Anyway, Ryan. Frozen, the fine Disney picture. <laughs> Frozen, Frozen, the Disney picture currently in theaters. <laughs> what? Yes. Anyway, Ryan, there's a uh, a cover going around by a band called uh, what was it again? <laughs> it looks like betraying the martyrs. Betraying the martyrs. 
Yeah, that's right. You two got a nice rapport going here. I, I smell a spinoff podcast. Thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There we go. I knew something was missing from this segment. Slow on the button. That's what we get for hiring non-union. <laughs> so you want me to play this thing now? Absolutely. Okay. Remember, this is Let It Go. You know the word. Sing along. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Brutal! Olaf! <laughs> That's right. Anyway, I'm gonna wait. What? Did, did, what? Did you guys just want to do a metal movie crossover just so you could have an excuse to play a few seconds of this frozen cover by a metal band? What of it? Yeah. What's Wait, I'm looking at this video. Wait, 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 wait. I'm looking at this video. This was published in 2014. This song is three years old. Why did you bring a video that's three years old? I don't know. Me neither. Anyway, I'll hand it over to my friend here. Bye. Thank you, Movie Dave. Oh, okay. So movie guy's leaving or is metal guy leaving? He clearly said bye, Ryan. Well, right, I'm but, here. Right? Is he wishing? But right? But is he wishing you goodbye, or is he leaving because he say goodbye? Well, note to self: I think I'd, have, I'd rather have the United Brotherhood of Electrical Workers to host the show than this guy. Another union joke. I know. <laughs> Break the business podcast. Your source for union jokes and three-year-old metal songs. Speaking of beautiful unions, Ryan. Oh, not good transition, Metal Dave. Dio. What now, about in a, Dio? In oh, a bit of a interesting news that I personally don't know how to feel about. <laughs> Ryan, we reported, I think so anyway, like a year ago, the Ronnie James Dio hologram premiered at uh, some European festivals like Vakken Open Air and did some uh, travel on the European circuit. Sure. Right? Yeah. Everyone's kind of like, whoa, is this cool? Is this not cool? What are we doing, guys? A lot of weird feelings, sure. A lot of mixed emotions bubbling up, all right? What do we do? Do we smash them down with the hammer? Or do we embrace the salty tears? Well, anyway, he's going back out on tour. No, well, uh, European tour this year. Oh no, next year in uh, 2018. No, I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. This and uh, end of this year <laughs> European tour festivals. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, November and December, right? Yeah, that's this year. That would. <laughs> yes, we still have a November and December left yeah. this year. Spain, Day. Poland, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Helsinki, uh, Romania, Belgium, Netherlands. Then next year, a few uh, dates in the U.S. No words yet on which. And uh, Wendy Dio, his wife, well, widow. <laughs> she's totally on board with this, and she's sort of like sponsoring it. Oh, so she's giving her blessing to it. So do you think that will allay the metal community's Maybe, feelings? I don't know. Anyway, quote, we are doing this because we are all a family. And when a family has lost their beloved family member, they try to keep the memory of their lost <laughs> beloved one alive. 
So is that your Wendy Dio impression? Actually, no, this is Craig Goldie. Oh, sorry. Guitarist. Okay. Because you were mentioning Wendy Dio and then you started. Never mind. Anyway, they're currently loaded for like uh, holograms to do six songs. So Wendy said, we're developing a new hologram right now so with it, six this, songs. This is Wendy? Yeah, this is Wendy Dio. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So if we do an hour show, Ronnie will probably come out for four times. If we do a 90-minute show, he'll come out six times, Ryan. But you know how many times I want him to come out? How many? 666! According to Rolling Stone, the set could include such classics as Holy Diver, A Rainbow in the Dark, We Rock, King of Rock and Roll, Black Sabbaths, Neon Knights, and Heaven and Hell, and Rainbow's Man on the Silver Mountain. I would love it if we get charged for every single one. <laughs> Come after us, record labels. Hey, 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 hey. Statutory damages is not metal. And that's serious business. Oh. Do I know where the statue can be found? Where? Well, chapter 42. But subsection... Oh. oh, sorry. Subsection 666! Subpart A. It's actually Title 17 of the United States Code. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> and neither should you, losing those certifications behind you. What is that? My certifications are fine. They're all still on the wall. Pink Floyd. <laughs> Let's see. What else? I gotta scroll through... Uh... <laughs> Why don't why don't you write things down, Metal Dave? Why don't you have notes? <laughs> because I was given word of this show when I was at work. That's... I was busy torturing the lost souls in hell. <laughs> right, Metallica. Yeah, what? A, oh, of course, they're metal, right? It's gonna be on Carpool Karaoke. I guess the spin-off Apple version. Wow, that's very yeah, cool. I guess, is it hosted by Billy Eichner or something? Of uh, uh, Billy... Uh, no, James Corden. I was no, no, gonna, no. I was no gonna... he hosts the show, but oh. Apple's doing a spinoff based on it, right? Oh, and he's not and that, He's not the host of that? No, I think it's Billy Eichner. Oh. The only guy that screams more than Metal Dave! Back we should get him on the show. <laughs> Book up! Book up! Yeah, he'll be really great following uh, the you know metalness of Emma Stevens. Yeah, the spinoff of the Late Late Show with James Corden segment will air uh, begin on August eighth. Ooh, that's soon. <laughs> so, it's gonna be next week. How exciting! With James, Lars, Kirk, and uh, Robert Trujillo. All right. Yeah, it, it's true. Yeah, they're seeing the short clip having some lighthearted fun with comedian Billy Eichner. Oh, that's gonna be so great, bro. Let's see what else. What else we got going in the metal world? Well, if you're in North America, your chance for seeing Metallica is running out. This is like the last week of North American shows. So you should probably head on out and see them. Because if you haven't, I hate you. Ryan, have you seen them? No. Why not? Oh, I missed all the Daves. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I wish we had like a, a riff tag for a movie minute guy. Well, if we did, I'm pretty sure you couldn't come up with it. You're non-union, so and so. <laughs> he is non-union. <laughs> There's no certification on that wall. 
It all comes back together. Our thanks to Emma Stevens. Our thanks to Metal Dave. Yeah, thank you. Hey, man, do you want to like get get something after this? I don't know. Maybe uh, we can go to Pink's Hot Dogs. What's that? Famous Pink Hot Dogs, one of the great hot dog institutions of Los Angeles, California. I thought for sure he'd go to like the Brown Derby or something. Ryan would do the show from the Brown Derby, and you don't defecate where you eat. Ha! <laughs> Yeah, right. This guy probably poops or eats all the time. And our thanks to Movie Dave as well. And I think I thanked Emma Stevens, but I'm going to thank her again because she was terrific. Ooh, Cat Stevens' daughter. No! And thank you all, most of all, for listening to the Break the Business podcast. You hear that? He had two alls in there. That's not very professional. No, yeah, I know. This guy, I don't what you need to have him, even if he paid the dues. Oh, he he's not paying the dues. I don't think so. I mean, what kind of guy would pay these dues? I, I don't know. Oh, wait, is this thing over? Yeah, I think so. Okay, bye. I thought for sure you're going to have something after the music. No.